Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I created Black Label. It was a response to the backlash I received after covering Nick Stoutzenberger, or Nick Bayett, as he's known online. Angry blog posts and emails were written. Twitter was pissed. I realized that I needed a buffer for the darker content. And if you're listening to this on the free feed, there's three Black Label episodes this month alone coming out. So you'll be missing out on two of the three if you don't join the Patreon. But yes, I realized I needed a buffer, and Black Label has served that purpose well. Going back to the original episode and hearing it after all these years has been a trip. Though, I'm not happy with the quality of the production these days. Today, we return to the case that laid the groundwork, the beginning before the beginning, the prequel. We return and we cement this case into the dark halls of Black Label. Now, I'm not going to waste your time any longer. Listener, I hope you enjoy this production of Black Label Episode Zero, Nick Stoutzenberger, Into the Mouth of Madness. How do you explain who or what Nick Stoutzenberger is? His story is horrifying, yet complex. He's sort of a boogeyman one of the many creeps, criminals, and monsters I've covered. But he has the distinction of being one of the handful that are considered the very worst, and yet he hasn't killed anyone. The chapters of this story feature video documentation, documentation that's hard to place specifically in the script. The philosophy crafting this episode is comparable to peeling a rotted onion. Listener, Together, we'll peel away the less offensive bits. The white, glistening onion on the surface will give way to the black, putrid core of this case. If you think the early parts of this story is too vanilla, too dull, well, just wait. This is an episode that will have a slow incline until we descend at a breakneck pace right into the mouth of madness. Before getting into the red meat of this story... Let's get an overview of Nick Stoutzenberger's early life. Part 1. Unravel Nick Stoutzenberger was born on September 1st, 1991, 
His parents divorced when he was still a child, sometime when he was in elementary school. According to Nick's aunt, his father was alcoholic, abusive, and unpredictable. Nick's father, she said, would often come home drunk, become verbally abusive, and oftentimes destroy property. There was also an incident where Nick's father spanked him publicly at school. After the divorce, Nick stayed with his mother at the family home while his father moved into a trailer. Nick's mother eventually remarried, now suffering from anxiety and depression, conditions that he takes medication for. Nick was placed in a full-time emotional support class by the fourth grade. A documented note from his school reads, Nick is usually very quiet in class and at times cooperative in class. He worked well in one-to-one situations with staff and in small groups. He receives 48 to 52 points per day on his point sheet, 52 possible points. Nick loses the most points in the area of respect and class rules. He continues to exhibit difficulty with peer relationships, which is demonstrated by his inappropriate behavior to peers. Until recently, Nick did not interact with others on the playground and often chose to remain in the classroom during recess. He is unable to accept consequences for his inappropriate actions and repeatedly states, I didn't do anything. Nick is extremely emotional and takes everything to heart. During this period of his school life, Nick has physical altercations with other students. He doesn't recall who started these fights. Despite his behavioral issues, Nick was noted to have superior intelligence, creative talents, visual sequencing, wide vocabulary skills, verbal reasoning skills, abstract reasoning abilities, and complete academic abilities. However, even at a young age, it was clear that he was heading down the wrong path. His areas that needed improvement were compliance with school rules, expectations, social interactions with peers, specifically to lessen physical aggression towards peers, increased ability to seek help when needed, and develop strategies to cope better with anxiety and withdrawal. By middle school, Nick's struggle with social anxiety got the best of him, eventually forcing him to leave public school in order to be homeschooled by his aunt for his 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th grade years. Afterwards, Nick once again returned to public school, where he was re-enrolled in full-time emotional support. The four-year respite appeared to have helped Nick grasp a better handle on his social anxiety. Some teachers even described him as intelligent and funny. Nick spent most of his time at his desk drawing. According to him, students would acknowledge that they were well done, and Nick thought of these students as his friends. There's no evidence these students saw Nick outside of the school. But there were still issues. One document on his behavior reads, Nick needs to improve his social skills. Nick avoids high social areas, such as the cafeteria and hallways, even with peers prompting to join. Nick sometimes makes comments or acts in a way that has a tendency to draw negative attention to himself, such as sucking on his hair or moaning for no apparent reason. When Nick finished high school, sometime in 2008 or 2009, His aunt aided him in applying for Social Security disability benefits and allowed Nick to live in her apartment. Nick's relationship with his mother could be described as bad if you were to undersell it. To jump ahead, when a psychological evaluation was being performed on Nick Stoutzenberger, his mother could not be reached. It seemed that she simply left a message. Quote, He was always a problem. Nick has poor critical thinking. When asked what he would do if there was a fire on his stovetop, he responded that he would text his aunt. Calling 911 or using a fire extinguisher didn't even occur to him. This right here, this lack of judgment, this non-ability to have even the most basic problem-solving skills will echo through his future actions. It's what allows him to openly expose his dark thoughts and actions to the world. And it's what doesn't allow him to get himself out of the hole he dug for himself. Part 2. Obsession Okay, we've established a basic overview of most of Nick Stoutzenberger's life. We've peeled away a few rotten layers. 
But let's start to flesh this out. To do this, I think it's important to analyze who Nick considered to be the love of his life. I'm not going to give her name out. We're going to call her Anna. Now, I want to put something forward here. Let's pump the brakes. Anna experienced a lot of fallout from the events surrounding Nick Stoutzenberger. And this is unfair. It's been made clear to me that she met Nick at a very early age, and this meeting occurred online. Some of the details surrounding her and Nick's interactions have been intentionally obscured to drag her into blame, to have more people to point their fingers at, because this case, well, what's important is to keep in mind going forward is that Nick and Anna shared an interest in fandom. It's common among fans of fandoms to engage in chat and role plays. When Nick started leaking his dark side to Anna, it was through these role play chats. When it became clear to Anna that a lot of what Nick was putting forward wasn't fictional, she disengaged from interacting with him. And before it's brought up, Anna and her family tried several times to contact authorities, but they were dismissed. It was a strange time for the internet. It wasn't taken very seriously at the time, and you could really do what you wanted for the most part. So I implore you, leave the girl alone. She's been through enough. Have empathy. Nick met Anna online when she was 12, maybe 13 years old. He was about a year older than she was. They shared an interest in obscure webtoons and were a part of the fandom. Since the fandom was very small, the two built a friendship over time. This would be something Anna would go on to regret. Right away, Anna sensed that Nick had a crush on her. Being a part of a small fandom, she was used to this. In their fandom social circle, Anna was only one of two girls in a group that was made up of mostly straight guys. At this point, even as young as she was, Anna knew how to handle this. She let Nick down gently, explaining that she valued their friendship and she wasn't interested. Anna doesn't remember Nick's reaction at the time. What she does remember is that As time passed, Nick steadily became less and less accepting of her lack of sexual attraction toward him. As a result, he began making creepy sexual comments towards Anna and would put extreme sexual elements into their fandom role plays. Anna expressed her discomfort with Nick shoehorning these disturbing elements into their role plays, especially the aspect that we'll get into later. Nick laid off for some time, but eventually he started slipping these elements in again. By the summer of 2008, Anna had enough. She was 15 years old now, and the creepy sexual elements had become about her. Anna blocked Nick on MSN Messenger and AIM. For those not aware, these chat clients were extremely popular at the time. I spent many nights chatting away on them and have plenty of fond memories. After blocking Nick... Anna felt she was finally free of his creepy behavior, that she could breathe a sigh of relief. But she was very, very wrong. What Anna had forgotten was that she and Nick had been pen pals at one point in their friendship, and that he had her cell phone number. So, not long after she blocked him, a letter arrived. This was in late September, or early October. Anna refused to read the letter. She never opened it. When her mother handed it to Anna, naively telling her it was from a friend, Anna explained that the two were no longer friends, that he'd gotten kind of weird. Fearing she might get into trouble, she went it alone and didn't explain to her parents that Nick frightened her. When you're at that age, it's hard to tell exactly what will piss off your parents. So the letter went unanswered and time passed. December rolled around and Anna gets a frighteningly unwelcome call on her house phone. She never gave Nick that number, just her cell. Her mother overheard Anna becoming audibly upset and took the phone from her, unaware of exactly who this Nick person was. Anna's mother told him that he must be confused and hung up on him. Sympathetic and worried for their daughter, Anna would go on to tell them everything. But Nick's obsession didn't die. He continued to obsess over Anna, usually referring to her as his wife. 
and for Anna, this caused a great deal of stress. The stress was not helped by the internet's constant pestering. Now, you may be asking yourself, what is it about Anna and Nick that got the internet's attention? Why was nearly every piece of information about Nick recorded and documented obsessively? For that, we need to really dive into who Nick Stoutzenberger, or Nick Bate, is. It's here where we're really peeling away at the disgusting layers of this monster. Listener, have you heard of Green Chef? Green Chef now offers more variety and flexibility than ever before with double the choices. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. With Green Chef, you can expect elevated fare of a consistent, top-notch quality featuring premium ingredients and sustainably sourced produce, time-saving recipes packed with fresh produce and vibrant flavors help you make the most out of those long summer days. Me, I personally love Green Chef. I love their recipes, and they're quick and easy to cook. So listen, go to greenchef.com slash obscura135 and use code obscura135 to get $135 off across five boxes, plus free shipping on your first box. That's saving $135. It's a great deal. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Again, greenchef.com slash obscura135, promo code obscura135 to get $135 off. Part 3. The Grinning Face of Madness Whenever I see another person, I'm reminded that vaginal intercourse probably happened to create them, which is disgusting and upsets me. End quote. Nick Stoutzenberger This will be the most difficult part to tackle. I've intentionally taken my time to get here, because there is just so much to unpack here. To start, let's take a listen to a video room tour recorded by Nick. Hey, hey, okay, is it recording? Yeah, it's recording. Hey, this is Nick Bate, and um, I'm going to give you a video tour of my room, and uh, I'm trying to speed through this really quickly because, like, I've had to redo this video like a bunch of times because um, I keep running out of time. So, okay, let's go. Alright, um, okay, not much light in here. Okay, well, this is my computer desk. Uh, I put my laptop on it and laptop accessories. Um, right now, I'm using it. Uh, well, my laptop doesn't really work right now, so now I'm just kind of stacking crap on top of it. There's my dresser. Some clothes go in it sometimes. Uh, there's my bed. There's a pillow that I hug when I'm sleeping because I literally need to hug something while I'm sleeping or I can't sleep. Um, there's my there's my nightstand where I put things that I want to have access to while I'm in bed, such as my TV remote, cell phone, iHome remote, and uh, drinks. And here's some panties. Nick just opened a drawer full of women's clothing. Okay, there's there's a TV. Um, there's the wall of Anna. Sometimes I put other things on it. Right now I have drawings of the Coffee Crew characters. Probably can't see it because it's uh, really not very much light in here. Here he mentions Anna and the wall of photos and letters he has of her. There's my PS2 and PS2 accessories. Um, I don't know. I don't really use that stand thing. There's um, mostly cords that go to um, my uh, handheld devices, chargers and stuff. There's my cat. Uh, Nanny doesn't allow cats in the house, but I do it anyway. Um, there's my iHome. Um, then around the TV and iHome area, uh, I just, I put things that 
I use on a daily basis, such as my Dixie Cup, uh, DS, you know, DS games. Uh, there, I'm starting a, a collection of Mountain Dew cans, Monster cans, and McDonald's McCafe coffee cups. Um, Captain, would you... Captain is his cat. Just wanted to note that since you can't see it. Uh, okay. Here's... Here's my CDs. It's a thing of CDs. Mostly they might be giants. Also, there's video games at the bottom. Captain is his cat. Just wanted to note that since you can't see it. It's worth noting a few things here. One. The room is dingy and filthy. Two. Nick's footage is very erratic. It's hard to track. He swings the camera around so much. It makes me dizzy. 3. Pay attention to his odd breathing patterns as the video goes forward. I can't tell if he's out of breath from the slight amount of movement, if he has a respiratory infection, or if it's some strange tick. Here in the corner of my room is a stack of papers and, you know, stuff that I use occasionally. Um, but it's mostly just papers that, like, I write random things on and then never look at them again and then throw them in a pile. There's a keyboard that I hardly ever use. There's also a guitar that I hardly ever use. Um, there's, there's, there's uh, where I hang my shirts and stuff. Um, there's, there's my backpack. Um, let's take a look inside it. Um, I bring it to Dad's and I fill it full of stuff that I want to take with me to Dad's, such as my flash drives. You know, um, uh, 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 okay. Unzip. Okay, here's a, here's a binder. Um, it, I have, like, my Coffee Crew comics and stuff in it. Captain, would you, Captain, get out here. And, um, there's more on the other side. Also, like, more random, random drawings and scribblings and stuff. Um, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, more Coffee Crew comics on this side. Okay, uh, Cap, Captain, get the... Okay, here's another, another binder. <laughs> this... Has Captain, get out of here. Get this has letters that Anna sent me in the mail and stuff. And then envelopes that they came in. Um Yeah. There's there's a Lincoln C D she sent me. Another letter over here. Yeah. Um uh is that everything? I don't know if that's everything. Um is that everything? There's a balcony door over there that uh, leads to the balcony. There's there's some books that I don't read because I don't read books. There's a crate full of stuff that I never use. Um, down there is a box of stuff that I never use. There's a broken TV. Um, as we take a moment's pause in the middle of our exploration of the dark corners of humanity, let's explore a different kind of mystery, one that takes you back to the roaring 1920s with June's Journey. In this hidden object game, you slip into the role of June Parker, tasked with unraveling the murder mystery of her sister. Each scene is meticulously designed, filled with hidden clues that lead you deeper into a storyline, riddled with danger, romance, and scandalous family secrets. I've personally ventured through the ornate parlors of New York to the charming streets of Paris within this game, each chapter peeling back layers of a complex narrative that's as engaging as it is visually stunning. Beyond just solving mysteries, June's journey invites you to escape into an era of opulence as you build and customize your very own estate island. It's the perfect blend of challenge and relaxation that I find incredibly refreshing, especially after delving into the often intense themes of our podcast. For those of you who thrive on solving puzzles and uncovering stories, June's Journey offers a chance to channel your inner detective. 
Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Step into June's shoes and help her solve the ultimate mystery. Can you uncover the truth behind her sister's tragic demise? Now, let's dive back into our own mysterious journey here on Obscura. Stay tuned and keep your wits about you. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or record her voice. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventure, and the challenges she overcame. The book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. Personally, I love my life in a book. I tried it with my mom, and I've heard stories I'd never heard before because, you know, they just never came up naturally in conversation. It's easy to use, and my favorite part is it's given me more of an excuse to talk to my mom more. You know, it's not always easy to come up with those on your own. Listener, check out mylifeinabook.com and use code OBSCURA at checkout. For 10% off, create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code OBSCURA for 10% off today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Catherine Eagle, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dog joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research... She feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Listener, I've watched this video, and honestly, it's 20 minutes well spent. The health of my animals means everything to me. This stuff has improved the coats and energy of mine, and they love it. Normally they are picky with food, but they really enjoy this stuff. Go to badlandsfood.com obscura and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D dot com slash obscura. There's, uh, there's a horse picture that um just randomly hanging on my wall. It's always been there. Um, I never really bothered to take it down because... I don't really have anything to put up in place of it. Um, uh, mm, there's a calendar with uh, with uh, puppies on it. Apparently, I'd prefer kittens, but um, oh, there's um, there's my CD player. Um, sometimes I put stuff on top of it. As you can see, that like usually things that I want to use or have used recently but don't really have another place to put them. Uh, uh, I guess that's... That oh, here's here's another door. Um, it leads to this little... little Anna, Anna chamber. This little room where we, like, store, store things. <laughs> Over there's a closet that I don't use, they use it for whatever, I don't know. There's a window, an air conditioner, usually, um, usually Captain climbs up onto the balcony, and, uh, oh, uh, that's Captain. Usually he climbs up onto the balcony 
and then like sleeps on my air conditioner for no real reason. Um, uh, I guess that's a baby picture of someone. Maybe me. I don't know. I don't really care. Uh. <laughs> Ow. Uh, here's here's a bathroom. There's a toilet. There's a plunger that I use as a butt plug. There's a there's a mirror. This is usually where I take pictures of myself. There's um there's a sink. Uh, there's, uh, here's some baby oil that I use as a lube for jacking off with, uh, or for putting things in my butt. Uh, what do you want, Captain? What do you want? There. Uh, I guess, guess that's everything. So, uh, yeah, uh. Okay, uh, I guess that's pretty much everything, so, uh, uh, yeah. In the next clip, Nick touches on two things worth mentioning. I have a few things I wanted to show you today. Um... What to knock out first. Alright, well, you know, okay, we'll do this first. Somebody told me, uh, that, well, they suggested making, like, a video, uh, you know, for Anna to, like, try and get her to love me again, and I thought a good idea for that would be to, um, to, like, show off, like, some of the, um, the letters she wrote me, you know, uh, to, you know, to remind her of, like, how much she used to, she used to love me, like, I mean, platonically, but you know, still, nonetheless. Uh, okay, well, first of all, this one is the one I mainly showed people in high school, which is just, uh, pictures of her. Uh, no recent ones, though. It only goes back to, uh, pink, uh, when, would, when did she have pink hair? That would have been 2008, I guess. I think, yeah, 2008. Because 2011 was black, uh, 10 was purple, or no, 10 was red, 9 was purple. There's a time she hung out with Murr. Bunch of random collages. Um, but yeah, this this is the one I showed people in uh, in high school, you know, because I talked about uh, Anna all the time. And uh, I wanted to, like, actually show them who she was and stuff. Uh, so yeah. Oh, there's where she met, uh, John Flansburg. So that's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, so yeah, you know. So random body parts there. There's where she's hugging a tree. That's extremely sexy. Uh, and then the rest of it is, like, random lists and stuff that I wrote. Uh, they might be Giants, EPs, and stuff. I, I don't know, I write a lot of lists. I don't know why I do it. I don't even go and look at them again. I just... I don't know. Some kind of mental illness, I assume. Anyway. Here's, uh... One of the letters. Uh, I'm not gonna read the whole things, because that would take a long-ass time. But, uh... Okay, this was from 2006. Like, uh... Late August to, uh, early September, when, um, my mom had me arrested for no reason, I got sent to a psychiatric hospital. Anyway, she says, everyone's really worried about you. Uh, thank you for sticking up for yourself, I greatly admire that. Um, we all love and miss you, I hope you get out soon. Okay, uh, here's the envelope of, um, one of the snail mail letters she sent me. Damn fucking glare's in the way. Fuck you, lights. She sealed it with a kiss. Purple one. 
Uh, let's see. That's okay. She's teaching me Japanese there. She's talking about a book she read. Okay, here we go. P.S. Even though I'm not in love with you, I'd like you to know you're incredibly sweet and a great friend. Hmm, made a mistake there. She wrote at for some reason. Oh, up here she hugged me. So, that's cool. With platonic love. Uh, uh, here, uh, I used to have these letters hanging up on my bulletin board, and my stupid aunt was reading them when I wasn't there one day, and replaced um, that P in penis with a G. <sighs> Fucking stupid people. Um, up here, she asked me for Nevermind by Nirvana for Christmas, which I gave her. As you can hear, Nick is still obsessing over a letter from Anna from 2006, but it's 2011. He's read it so much, he's begun breaking down the grammar in the letter. Then in return, she gave me uh, Lincoln by They Might Be Giants, which is a great album that everybody should have and listen to. And, well, they should listen to all They Might Be Giants albums, and EPs, and singles, and collections. And all the, um, various artists' compilations that they contribute tracks to. And their demo tapes. And rarities. Well, I guess I already covered that. Um, yeah, she wrote on that envelope, too. Ooh, here we go. With Lorv, Anna. And a heart. Uh, Lorv is platonic in nature, but still... You know, she loved me platonically. So that's, uh, what I wanted to show people. Okay. Uh, used up like half my time already. Damn. This thing has really shitty capacity. And I just stepped on something gooey, so that's gross. Here's my bulletin board, where, uh, I hang up, like, more of the... Some of the more important lists. Um, here's, uh... A drawing of most of the coffee crew characters. Not all of them, because I haven't really figured out how to draw some yet. Coffee Crew is Nick's attempt at creating a webtoon series. It's honestly not really worth getting into. Here's They Might Be Giants things that I still need. Feel free to buy me any of them. Preferably all of them. Uh, here's a list of my favorite bands, and then my favorite things that aren't bands. Uh, here's McDonald's foods and their prices, which, uh, this is pretty old, so some of the prices have changed. Uh, there's important Anna-related dates. Uh, there should be a lot more, but I don't know them. Okay. And now, onto my laptop. Uh, this is my, um, let me move the out of the way. This is one of my, uh, desktop wallpapers that I made by, like, tracing photos of people. Control-Alt-Delete. Sweet. Alright, now, here, um, like I said, I type up a lot of lists for some reason. I don't know why, but here's my documents folder. Oh, uh, these are folders within my doc- okay, here we go. Here's where the lists start. Bunch of WordPad and Notepad documents, ass loads of lists. Mainly, I type up, uh, track listings of They Might Be Giants albums. They Might Be Giants is Nick's favorite band. For whatever reason, Nick has a strange obsession with typing out track listings of each album and then saving and dating the document. Seemingly unaware of why he does this, he nevertheless shows off a computer screen full of such documents. Oh, here's a bunch of random lists combined into one uh, document. Uh, things I want to do sexually with Anna, uh, people I'd want to do if I wasn't married to Anna, uh, types of coffee-related beverages they have at McDonald's. Damn, a lot of McDonald's. Celebrities who are cool, um, drugs I want to do, instruments I should learn to play, porn stars that I've heard of, um, things I want to watch Anna do. Okay. Um, what's this one? Oh, wait, what is... Sexual something sexual something I guess sexual things I want to do with Anna maybe or it just in general I don't know uh, okay things oh okay this is things that um 
uh, things that we're gonna need um, in me and Anna's hoose when we get a hoose. I was trying to think up a bunch of like appliances and um, furniture, you know, things we need for uh, daily life. There are two things to glean from this. You may be asking yourself by now, what is with Nick's strange pronunciation of some words? Embarrassingly, this is because Nick is obsessed with Canada. So yeah, he says hoose instead of house, or a boot instead of about. This is his limited way of trying to be Canadian. I assume encouraged by shows like South Park. My Canadian listeners, I won't blame you if you're now scratching your ears out. Where in the world is... Ooh, things I want to do to Anna's butt. This is a good one. I think I cooned, uh, 40 things that I want to do to Anna's butt. Um, I'm sure she probably won't let me do all of them, but, you know, hoping on getting the main ones. But yeah, you know, it's a little time left, so I guess I'll sing you oot. Um, gonna have anal sex with Anna in her anus. And I will lick it also and taste to feces. I think it's best here to address Nick's fecal obsession. Nick has coprophilia. That's an abnormal interest in pleasure in feces and defecation. He's known to smear the walls of his bathroom and room with his stool. Some of his choice tweets about the subject include, quote, My poopy exploits got my bathroom all pooped up. Man, my aunt is going to lose her shit when she sees it. No pun intended. As well as, quote, Sometimes when I put stuff in my butt, feces come out for no reason, so I wipe it on my walls. And, quote, Oh man, my aunt is having me paint my walls, and she yelled at me about feces on them. Even though they've been there for years, I don't understand why people throw big fits over me wiping my fecal hands on my wall. They're my walls, not theirs. What the fudge do they care? Unquote. Nick is so obsessed with fecal-related porn that he refuses to watch pornography that features a vagina. He often tweets about finding scenes in which vaginal intercourse isn't present. Nick Stoutzenberger's unwillingness to shower has likely compounded the fecal obsession, further driving his aunt up the wall. He has many comments online discussing how he has a fear of water, that he only pretends to shower, splashing a little water onto himself to appear showered. Considering his willingness to smear himself with his own defecation and his refusal to shower, listener, you can only imagine the smell. His hygiene was so poor, it apparently became an undertaking for Nick to undress. Here's a quote from Twitter. Apparently, my foot fused with my sock because I just took it off and it tore away a buttload of skin. It's all red and wet and painful. I guess now it's time to discuss his teeth as well. Nick's teeth are rotting out of his mouth. This is something he proudly displays in online photos. I've included photos on the obscure website for you to see yourself. These photos of Nick with his dead tooth grin often featured Nick dressed in women's clothing, because for Nick, it seems like his fetishes are near endless. But we have one last fetish of Nick's to tackle. One that will cement him as a monster. As the type of boogeyman you were warned about as a child. Part 4. Sick Nick. I'm gonna do my wife and also some children in their butts. But the latter is only if my wife says I can, which she probably won't. So I guess I'll just do my wife. Okay. I am not a kitten. In fact, I rarely am. Damn, dude. Anal rape. Anal rape. 
anally raping children, and disemboweling and force feeding them their own intestines. Quote, there needs to be a civil rights movement for pedosexuals. The general public automatically assumes all pedosexuals are rapists, and it sucks. Nick Stoutzenberger. Listener, your ears do not betray you. Nick is a self-confessed pedophile. He calls himself pedosexual. Here is a video of Nick defending his stance on being a pedophile. How is it weird in any way? Alright guys, this is recording. I'm gonna give this to Tom, maybe. Okay, Nick, ask mm -hmm. a question about pedophilia, please. Uh, what? What you said. What is wrong with it? Say that. But there is... There is well, ex okay, but you're proving my point. The pedophilia should not be illegal. It should. Because it is, it is yet another illegal. One. It is. Yeah, I know. People but get that's, prosecuted for it. They get thrown in jail for that's it. What I'm, that is what I'm saying, though. It's a stupid law. Well, just the, like what you just mentioned. Whatever well, Nick, that you, Nick, if you think it's so bad, then get out a picket sign, go out in the street, and protest legalization of it. Pro-pedophilia. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Son, just, I just, would... Yeah, yeah. I would do this, but as you know, I do not do things in public, so... Well, you like to tell people what you do. Yes, you tell people on, yeah. on Twitter. Not complete, not complete strangers, just people I already happen to know. Nick, 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 anybody can see your Twitter, and they can know yes, when I'm, you're rapping. Yes, I'm aware of this, but see, I... Oh, you are. When I type... When I type the things, I'm not... I'm not thinking of the random people. I'm just... I. It's directed towards... Well, you should. Like, you should. Yeah, yeah I, I... Yeah, but I realize that there are people I do not know. I just... Like, I don't... I don't really care. Well, they're gonna make you care. They're gonna use this information against you, Nick. You do realize this. How, how on earth could this possibly be used against me when I'm not going to have a job? How do or... you know you're not gonna want to get a job? You, you, someday you might change your mind. No. People are going to look at this and they're going no. to call the cops. No. No, son, I do not... Like I said, Nick, if you strongly believe that this is what should happen, then go out into the center of the town with a sign and see how people look at you marching around asking to have sex with kids. But... Watching them. I don't... Whatever your kink is, I don't know. But I'm not actually having sex with kids. I just approve well, you of think pedophilia. It should... What is... It's bad enough that you think it should be legal. There's a difference. Consensual incest, sure. Oh my god. Okay, Nick, just say that again. Do you what? condone consensual incest? I I just said that. You already have it recorded. Why do you want me to say it again? Just so that I can confirm it. <sighs> yes, yes I do. Or, yes I did. And it doesn't stop there. Remember before when I mentioned that Anna cut Nick off after his chats became too much? That his fetishes grew to be too much for her to handle and she cut off communication? Well, you're about to understand why. I'm about to read a chat log from between Nick and Anna. Keep in mind that what you're about to hear is a section from a role-playing session. What starts as usual awkward teenage role-play quickly devolves into something much darker from Nick. Now, to make things confusing, from what I've read online, this is a different Anna than the one who has been discussed about before, so this person's increasing shock tells a full story of its own. Anna, who was it? Nick, uh, 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 Anna, oh my god, come on, I'm getting excited. Nick. Yeah, right now, but once I tell you, you'll think I'm a pedo. Nick. I mean, I kinda am, but still. Anna. It was a fake name. Anna. It was... 
wasn't it? Nick. Uh, maybe? Anna. Are you being serious? Nick. Yeah, she kind of coerced me. Anna. What does that mean? Nick. Well, like we always talked about what me and Joe are going to do sexually. And then eventually Amber wants to do sexual things and... Yeah. One day, she was just like, well, I'ma suck your penis. Anna. Wait, how old was she? Nick. Uh, well, she's nine now. I don't know, eight maybe? Yeah. She's pretty fucked up to be a rapist at eight. Anna. Bah ha ha ha. Nick. Yeah, not my best moment. Anna. Damn, you're fucked up. Nick. She started it. Well, um... Doesn't know how to wipe, so... When I went to lick her butt, there was feces everywhere. So I just licked the cheeks instead. Anna. You licked your eight-year-old half-sister's shitty butthole? Nick. No, just the cheeks. Anna. What the fuck? Nick. I couldn't lick the hole because it was shitty. Which sucks because I want to lick an anus, damn it. Anna. Yeah, but your eight-year-old half-sisters? Nick. Well, I didn't have anyone else. Anna. Dear God. Nick. So yeah. Oh, that's right. I've had my anus licked too. It actually feels good. But I still prefer to do the licking myself. Anna. Who the hell did that? Nick. My half-sister. You can almost feel Anna come to her senses in that chat. Like the whole webtoon role-playing chat talk dissolves. Her reaction seems increasingly shocked. I can't imagine processing something like that at her age. Yep, now it's filming. Give me my stick first of all. It's my stick. No! Give me my stick! Get your own! No, that is my stick! I can't use this to fight you. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What you hear is Nick playing with his half-sister. I've changed the name of his half-sister for the episode. I think we can agree she's been through enough. There are several of these clips online. Knowing what transpired here, these feel like the clips of a predator grooming his prey. I got, I'm filming, so we're good to go. Alright, we ready to light the candle? Uh, shouldn't we turn the fan off? Ceiling fan? We shouldn't even have a ceiling fan. They're dangerous. I don't sing without an auto-tuner. Go! This is Nick recording his half-sister's birthday. I think context like this is important. A lot of true crime podcasts might gloss over this. But Nick's sister is a person. She'll have to live the rest of her life knowing what he did to her. She's a victim. I speak from personal experience. Things that aren't worth getting into. It's hard, if not impossible, to wash stains like that away can follow and inform your decisions in the worst way. Take decades of your life from you. If you let it, it'll consume you. To put it short, moments like this is why I make the show. And yeah, not a fan of Nick Stoutzenberger. People of his ilk give me a feeling in the pit of my stomach that's hard to describe. 
It's a blend of anger and despair, like a cold tangled mass that I can't unravel. But I try repeatedly with each episode. But Nick fills me with... Forget it. This is a podcast made in hatred. In fact, in the name of hate. It's a dark spit smeared across the face of the legacies of these predators. This isn't a podcast about climbing out of the abyss humanity has descended into. But no. We're leaning over the edge and screaming in rage. Anyway... Part 5. Consequences Nick Stoutzenberger's clock was ticking. He wasn't ready for what was coming. And as you've heard, this has all been documented. And when the internet gets obsessed with something, it doesn't let go. To make matters worse for Nick, his half-sister came forward and told her father what occurred. Court documents show that Nick and his half-sister were playing video games in a room together. Nick then told his sister to suck his penis and lick his buttocks. After, he licked her buttocks. A second incident occurred in which Nick made his half-sister suck his penis again, and a final incident occurred in which Nick forcibly kissed her. The sexual assaults occurred between 2009 and 2010. His Twitter feed became an erratic mix of the usual fecal fetish tweets, video game tweets, tweets about his ex-online girlfriends, and finally, about his impending investigation. Quote, Why does everyone think I did it? I've never been alone with her. I can't even talk to people. So who am I gonna molest someone? I hate sexual assault, so why would I do it? My coprophilia proves I lied in the chat log. I don't receive analinguists, etc. In Nick's panic, came up with the most absurd defense I've ever heard. His defense was that it couldn't have been him because in the chat he said he couldn't perform analinguists because his half-sister's buttocks were smeared with feces. To add to his madness, as we go further down, he made a video to prove his defense. Um, I'm filming this video because I've been accused of sexually assaulting my sister and this is... Uh, me trying to prove that I didn't. Um, part of the reason that I think uh, they think I did it is because of this chat log uh, that surfaced where I told my friend that I did uh, molest my sister. Um, and even though I've came out multiple times to say that this was a lie and that I actually didn't, uh, they... Nobody believes me, but um, one thing um, that I can prove was definitely a lie in the chat log is that um, I mentioned in it that uh, I didn't do anal with her because uh, she had feces in her butt, and um, everybody knows that I'm a coprophiliac, so this wouldn't have stopped me. If I were to molest somebody, I definitely would have done anal no matter what. And I can prove that I'm a coprophiliac because here is my toilet in which I have just defecated, as you can see. Um, And I'm going to touch the feces and masturbate with it. So... um, I don't know how to set up. As you can see, or actually I guess I should use this hand. My hand is clean right now. Okay, nothing on it. And now I am holding feces. Can you see it? Oh crap, it's falling on the floor. Okay, so... I'm undoing my pants. It's hard to do this one-handed, though. I'll just try it. So, now it's all over my penis. I don't know if you can see it.
Um, it was requested that I film myself actually masturbating, but I'm not really, uh, I'm not really aroused right now too much. Um, ever since I started on my medication, uh, my Invega Sistena, I haven't been able to masturbate, like, on command, so, yeah, but, um, anyway, hopefully this is proof enough that I'm a copophiliac, and that proves that I couldn't have, uh, molested my sister because of, uh, you know, feces wouldn't have stopped me from doing anal. Uh, okay. That about wraps up my video. In the video, Nick attempts to masturbate with a piece of fecal matter. Despite the crux of the video being to prove that he is a coprophiliac, he can't get erect, basically making the creation of the video pointless. On Wednesday, April 30th, 2015, Nick Stoutzenberger was charged with one count of involuntary deviant sexual intercourse with a child and three counts of indecent assault of a child. He was given the maximum sentence of 40 years in prison and is eligible for parole in 2031. On August 19, 2014, Nick's victim of stalking made a forum post that predated the trial. Quote, All in all, Nick is a terrible excuse for a human being. He's an abusive, manipulative, borderline sociopath with no regard for other people. He's quite likely delusional. I say quite likely because it's entirely possible he doesn't believe a word of what he says about fate and God and all that. And he's disgusting on every possible level. I truly hope he gets locked up. And frankly, I won't feel entirely safe in the world until he does. Well, Anna, it seems like you got your wish. Nick Stoutzenberger still rots in a prison at the time of writing this update. It's hard to believe he's up for parole in less than nine years. The original episode was released nearly four years ago today. Now older, I realize that those nine years are going to come fast. And when they do, a monster that poses as a credible threat may walk the streets. In the original release of the episode, I went on a bit of a rant in the outro, as if I hadn't done it enough in the middle of the episode. I won't go on a rant about his potential destruction. I'll leave that opinion up to you, listener. I will affirm that I detest Nick Stoutzenberger, and that if the world was just, he would be locked away for life, left to decay along with his own rotting soul. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now.
Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.